Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And tonight's poem is entitled Today. Did you even make it count this day? Any regrets, broken promises, holding grudges on this day? Did you let go of your past today? Have you forgiven anyone on this day? Did you even say your prayers today, getting down on bended knees, counting all of your blessings, thanking God for his grace and mercy? that he's shown you on today. Have you even thanked the Lord for this day? Aren't you grateful to be alive today? So I hope that you are having the most amazing day, whether it is evening, morning, or afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But I have a special treat for y'all on this evening. And... I've spoken about him a few times on previous episodes, but I wanted you to hear his voice and hear from him introducing my friend, RJ. (laughs) Welcome. Hello. So, RJ, you are a comedian. I think I am. You think you are? I think uh, I'll try to, yeah. <laughs> okay, so on one of our outings together, you did a whole skit where we were sitting at Torchies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we are both people of color. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and so with all the craziness that's been happening in this world, I feel like you have found a way to... Make a serious situation and add some light to it. So give us an example of your characters, if you can, impromptu. Something similar to what we did at the restaurant or what you did. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, you were talking about your... What a skin skin problem? Yes, the the eczema, yeah. yeah. So for those of you that don't know, I have eczema... On my leg. And so for the longest time, I have not worn shorts because it left a scar. So as he and I were conversing, I confessed to him that um, he had made the comment on our second date that we were going to go to this place. And he recommended that I wear shorts. And so I was like, well, I have a, a small confession. And he was like, what is that? And I said, I have eczema on my leg. So I went in, I showed him the scar and go from there. So what did I, you say? I told you that nobody's going to be looking at your legs like that when you come into torches. Mm-hmm. And I, I I was like, imagine somebody sitting across the room and you walking in. <laughs> and we're just somebody, just say to somebody's country, you know, and they're looking at you. Can you see that eczema on her leg? I can't believe she's coming in the restaurant like that with a God plastic eczema on her leg. 
And I told you they can't see your eczema. That, that ex, uh, the, the, the the rash was so small. It ain't like I told Teresa. Nobody gonna be looking at your legs like that. And it just was sad to even see you worried about right. not wearing shorts. So anyway, it's, it's it's a trip. But as far as the characters, you know, I <clears throat> I've been thinking about a couple of characters mm-hmm. that I want to do, and and uh, I have one in mind that uh. I'm thinking about it's, it's uh, Slickback is one of the characters. He's mm-hmm. a preacher. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to imitate him right now. <laughs> T- tell me the um, what you said about the because um, you you actually made light of the situation. So you took what was considered an insecurity for me and you turned it into something that I shouldn't have been ashamed of. And so then you gave the example about the gap. Tell them, because that was really a historical, uh, like a hysterical story. So tell them about the modeling when the young lady told you oh, to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to do the Manhattan model search back in 1996 uh-huh. at uh, Sears and Roebuck here uh-huh. in, in our city. And uh, anyway, I went to go and I was thinking I could... Because somebody had told me I had to model at Sears mm-hmm. that I could do uh, some modeling. I uh-huh. said, okay, I'm going to try it out. And I had a suit on and all that stuff. And then they called me up. And I'm standing up there smiling and trying to profile and all that stuff. <laughs> and the next thing I hear, Mr. Taylor, I think it would be best that you get off stage. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Well, we don't. You know, most models don't have gap teeth. <laughs> And so you one of the persons we we're gonna have to ask you to go ahead and move along. <laughs> I'm like, for real? What about my hands? No, we're not doing hand modeling, we're doing full body modeling and head shots. And right now, your gap is not helping out right now. So you need once you go get that fixed, then you can come back and then we'll see if we can accept you. I'm like, okay. So uh, that was an embarrassing moment because there was over 50-plus people in this room. And I'm standing up on the stage with my arms open, smiling. And the lady like, okay, we told you about your gap. Get off stage now. Come on. We got other people we got to look at. Come on. So. Uh, and then you said they did the, you said they did the, um, the hand wave, like, <laughs> wait the check. You said the way that they waved you away. Oh, they were waving me out like I was a car. Okay, come on, like, like you pedestrian. Okay, yes. come on, come on, let's go. Hilarious. Yeah, so it was pretty sad, but I, I I did try my hand at modeling at one point, so it was it was interesting. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna do that again at this age, but uh, but yeah, I was in my twenties when I tried that. You know. So what got you into comedy? A friend of mine in 19, no, 2000, 2003, I was, I left a voice me- message on a friend's phone mm-hmm. and he had a coworker who heard the message, mm-hmm. an old, old, uh, old white guy. Mm-hmm. And so the guy had told him, I want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. So he called me. And the guy said, oh, my God, you're funny as hell. Well, you got to get on stage. You got to do it. You got to do it. You know what? I'll pay you to get on stage. I'll pay you. And when you get out there, I'm going to be the main one out there rooting for you, right? 
RJ. I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna be out there with Cliff, and we gonna be out there just laughing and going. I'll pay you to go to the. And he he called out the place. The uh-huh. Velveeta Room was where I first started. And uh-huh. So so I went, and the guy never showed up. And so uh, here I am. I'm in the Velveeta Room performing a three three minute stand up mm-hmm. and uh I'm looking for him and Cliff. Right. And neither one of them showed up. And uh of course the audience was pleasant. They mm-hmm. laughed. Mm-hmm. And uh that was it. And that was in two thousand and two thousand and uh two thousand four I believe. So how do you feel about dreams deferred? So I've had the pleasure of being in your presence and I've had the pleasure of seeing your talent on display and you are very authentic and you are very funny. And so there have been times that I have had some extremely down days, but you will turn those down days into highlights. And you've been very, you've been very, if I were to like describe how you have helped me um, you've been a breath of fresh air, you know, like you've like being in your presence, being around you, hanging out with you. Um, I, you've been, you've made things that would have normally made somebody depressed given the circumstances you've, you've allowed me to put that in such a different perspective that I've been able to overcome some major obstacles and so with that gift because I really truly believe that that's a gift and I I do believe that you are called to be a comedian you know I do believe that that is something that people need people need to laugh that you know laughter is good for the soul and so that's like it's medicine you know and so when they can't get to a doctor you know I'm saying they can turn something on and when they turn that on, you know, if they can start to laugh, then all of a sudden that weight is lifted off their heart. And that is something that you do quite naturally. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about dreams deferred? Like, how do you how do you get back to your dream when your dream has been deferred, in your opinion? I think, first of all, you got to look within yourself and see if it's something that you're able to do. You got to believe in yourself. And if you don't believe in yourself, then you can't walk out your dreams. And I think for me, um, doing the Velveeta Room, I've done the improv in Dallas. At Addison, I've done the 2007-2008, the funniest comic, amateur comic in Dallas. Um, And that was a dream of mine that I wanted to do when I moved to Dallas was Mm -hmm. to go and get on stage at the Improv, and I was able to do that. So I think you have to believe in yourself. uh, You have to know within yourself that you can do it. And not not only that, but you also have to believe in God. Yes. And, uh, you know, the Word says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Yep. And you you have to know that God can bring you through and, and help you do whatever you desire. And if you ask, he shall provide. So I, I believe that. Uh, so I think that's one way you can kind of look at how you can uh, prepare and get your dreams out there is just stepping out on faith. And uh, I'm having to rethink about the comedy and possibly do it again at some point in the near future. Uh, I did the Velveeta Room five times. Uh, from 2004 to 2006, 
And they asked me on my last set, which I headlined, they asked me to come back. Uh, and I was so scared. They set up my date and my time. And they're telling me this from the back. And it's like, okay, I'll be back next week. And I was so scared I didn't go back. And so you also have to overcome your fears. Yes. Uh, so when I moved to Dallas uh, and decided to do uh, the comedy in Dallas at the Addison Improv, I just stepped out on faith. I have a video uh, which you've seen at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, I enjoyed not, it. Not the best video, but, but it was good. But it's you know it was a start. So uh, that particular time, I, I just. Uh, just fresh in Dallas, so I just wanted to kind of put myself out. In 2008, they had a, a amateur comedy, uh, stand-up comedy for Dallas people within the mm. Dallas region, and I headlined the night that I went to this particular uh, stand-up, mm-hmm. amateur stand-up set, and um, you know, it was okay. It kind of kind of took me back because the guy that was there with me he was kind of talking about my skit and how it wasn't going to go and it didn't go the, as well as I thought it would have went I was only on, on stage for three minutes mm-hmm. and so uh, so you really have to know your craft but you also have to not let people deter you from what you're called to do yes yes and uh, with that being said, I, I allowed that situation to stop me from doing the comedy for a while. In 2007, I was able to, 2017, I moved back to Austin and I was able to do a, a, a set at my church, in my old church. Mm-hmm. And I did a, another, a friend of mine has a church. He offered, asked me to come do a, a church annual did that and then his elder asked me to come to do a asked me to come and do a family reunion uh deal and both sets were about three 34 minutes to 45 minutes and so as of today I'm, i haven't been doing anything but i've been kind of you've been practicing on me yeah yeah i've been doing a pretty good job on that. On me. i've been doing a pretty good job i have become your muse in that regard because yeah. you have been really picking on me yeah. Yeah. But how one thing that you talked about, one thing that you said is that um, someone actually kind of discouraged you. And so once you heard those words and, and I call them naysayers. So it's like once you heard the naysayer telling you what you wouldn't accomplish, what you would not accomplish, you kind of played that tape over and over in your mind until it became a reality for you mm-hmm. unaware. And. Um, I, I've talked about that on my podcast in terms of how I initially um, had tried to do a podcast and then I let the naysayers, you know, affect my doing podcasting. And you're right. You do have to get to a point in your life where you're just like, I got to quiet that noise and I got to hone in on the dreams, my dreams, my gifts, my talents, the things that I know that I was predestined to do, regardless of what anybody else says, because it was given to us for a reason, you know, God, and I don't feel like God ever makes mistakes. I feel like sometimes 
I feel like people don't even know it sometimes that the enemy is using them to speak against the very blessings that that are bestowed upon us. And so um, when we start to recognize, like, wait a minute, but I know what God said. I know who God said I am. I know who God said I'm supposed to be. This is not this is not a reflection. If like this, if, if I'm going down this path and if it's not a reflection of who it is that he said that I am, then it's a lie. So how do I turn it into the truth? The truth is we have to debunk the lies. Sometimes that's the hardest thing for us to do. But I also believe that when we surround ourselves by people that can edify us, build us up, remind us of the promises of God, that that makes the world of difference in terms of whether or not our dreams are just dreams or whether or not they actually become a lived out dream instead of a you know deferred dream. Because even deferred dreams can become our reality. But it's all in, I believe, who we surround ourselves with. Because if we're surrounded by people that just really refuse to see us beyond where it is God is calling us, then we may never get there. But if we change our circle, if we change the people that we affiliate ourselves with, we may look up and we'll be living that dream because we we took the necessary steps to turn the lie into the truth. And so um, in your journey, because I know that you've been on a journey, how did it make you feel when you set that dream down? I felt lost, confused, um, depressed. Um, I guess anxious at the same time because not knowing if I would be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Being anxious about people asking me to do it. And it's like, ah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess not anxious I guess uncertain mm-hmm. and so that in itself kind of kind of hit me to a point to where I, I felt like I, I couldn't do it again and I've been I've been funny all my life since mm-hmm. I was a kid mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, my dad used to want to get me on talent shows and stuff like that even mm-hmm. at the age of five and six and I just the comedy thing was just something that um as I said, my friend just said, you know, you should do this. And his friend said, you should do this. Mm-hmm. And that's, I was in my mid-30s. And so uh, sometimes you don't know when your blessing to be something or to do something. It may not always happen early. It may happen right. later in your right. life, you know. So, But you have to also uh, be surrounded, like you said, around positive people mm-hmm. who's going to push and edify and, and push you to do what God has called you to do. And that's just by happenstance that just happened to me over a voice message mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, they just challenged me to do it and I did it how did you feel when and, you did it and I think after doing that I felt relieved uh, I felt joy I felt uh, I felt like I had a purpose in that and I think laughter is a healing it is and if you're able to laugh at least uh, five or ten minutes a day, right? I think it helps it helps with all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff. So, especially with depression. Mm-hmm. So, um, so as I've done with you, you know, you were having some job mm-hmm. issues, and we won't go into right. that. But, but I, I would tell you, you know, you have to, you have to keep smiling, keep right. laughing and shining for Christ so right. that you can push past the adversities. Yeah. And I've had so many uh, 
adverse situations that I've had to literally laugh at them. Yeah. You know? And that's what you did for me. So what you did for me, um, when you helped me to see it from a totally different perspective, we even did. I mean, you have, it's been so, I feel like you came into my life at the right time, if that makes sense. Because it's like, you literally, it was like closing a chapter of my life. And then it was like opening up a new chapter. And then there you were. And then as I'm turning the pages, I'm starting to discover different sides of me, even when it comes to me dealing with adversity, because sometimes we can feel like we've overcame adversity. We know how to deal with it, you know, and then you get hit a different way. And it's just like, wait a minute, I've never had to deal with adversity on this level, you know? And so I feel like you came into my life when I needed to learn how to deal with adversity on a totally different level. And then you added humor to the equation. So it's like, then I literally was able to laugh in the face of the, of adversity and the enemy, you know, at first, I thought I had it, you know, I thought I had it all pegged out that I was good and oh, okay, you know, storms are going to come, trials are going to come, tribulations are going to come. This is what you deal with it, you know, this is how you deal with it. But then you showed up right when I was just like, hold up, I ain't never been here before, you know? And so, um, and so we've been able to laugh through the pain. And there was a, there's a t-shirt that I purchased from a ministry. And it said, make your pain pay you. And so as time has gone on, what I'm starting to realize is that we do have the ability to make our pain pay us. So when I think about your comedy and I think about a lot that a lot that you've been through, the way that you handle your trip, like everything you're going through, if you can find a way to make that pain pay you. It's like laughing in the face of adversity. You know, it's like telling adversity you didn't win. Um, and there's so much like there's so much that I see in you that is affiliated with healing. So like not just my personal healing, but I feel like you have the gift to be able to heal so many people just through your comedy because you're so natural with it. You know, you don't have to. You don't force anything. You it's like it just it just rolls off your tongue so smooth like to where I'm looking like this, you know, this one right here, Lord. Cause you hear me say that a lot. Because you're so funny. And it's like the way you do it, you're not disrespectful in your humor. Yeah. You could be, yeah. but you don't ever take it there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You find a way to be very you have a very respectful and tactful way of displaying your gift and your talent to where someone is not crawling up under a rock because you use them, you know, as an example. And so, and I think that's funny because what you do, you also make me laugh at myself. So it's like, you show me me from it, from your perspective, but you make me laugh at myself. And I already was laughing at myself before I met you, right. but you took that to another level that's too, right. you know? <laughs> so... I, I like, I adore your presence. I adore what you bring to the table. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to share your gifts with the world. Mm. Appreciate it. So, Appreciate it. on that note, is there any character that you want to introduce to the people? Because uh, you do it all the time. Yeah. You, you yeah, improvise uh, all yeah, the time. Yeah. You do impromptu all the time. It's, it's, uh, 
yeah, it's it's one character that I'm thinking about that I wrote down the other day. His name is uh, Stressful Joe. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I was sitting there thinking about this character, uh, just think of an old country guy and mm-hmm. him and his wife are retired. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they practically have a brand new house. Mm-hmm. Retired. And, and he's being asked by some friends, man, Joe, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't tell you how I'm doing because I'm catching holy hell. <laughs> my wife, she's sitting in there depressed. Oh, my God, a water heater. We just bought the house last year. The water heater just went out. I don't have any money. She doesn't have any money. And, of course, we get retirement checks. <laughs> We're just catching hell, Bob. We're just catching hell. And, you know, she's in there, and she's smoking weed, too. She's <laughs> depressed and smoking weed. I don't understand. I, I don't smoke that stuff. You know, and I try to tell her, you know, that weed's going to cause you to have some problems later on in your life. <laughs> she's already eating up a house at home already. <laughs> I told her, you eat, you're eating up all her damn food. We don't have enough money already. Your retirement check is only a dollar. Mine is two cents. You got, we got to save some money. You know, I'm just going to call her Betty. <laughs> Betty, we got to save a couple of dollars, and you know we don't make enough on your retirement check. So we're just catching hell. You know, I'm stressed out. And so, you know, we're going to try to make it. But, I, you, Bob, you think you can give me some money? So <clears throat> that's, that's one of the characters. Stressful Joe. That's that's. That's what, and for any Joes out there, please forgive me. Right. But that's the that's the name that came to my mind. Stressful Joe, yeah. So Joe is stressed out. He's got a stressed out life, and got a new house. I don't understand. You got a new house, and you stressed, yeah, you're stressed out. Yeah, you stressed out. That don't make no sense. And your water heater that went out. You don't have money to get a new white. The house is all old. It's a year old. You need to be talking to the people who sold you the, the house, the warranty on the house. That, you know, that doesn't make sense. We don't have enough money, God, here to get us a new heater. Uh, but you know what? We get retirement checks. Okay, you're telling us you don't have the money, but you get retirement checks. I'm trying to understand the logic behind that, Joe. <laughs> Help me understand. And then you had a brand new house. It was just built. Why the heater went out that quick? I don't understand it. So Joe is stressed. Joe is stressed. <laughs> he is stressed out. So that's one of the characters that I, I would love to introduce to the world is Stressful Joe. Well, you have just introduced Stressful Joe yeah. to the world. Stressful so, Joe. When it comes to you, because you will be launching your podcast, Lord say the same, I pray he does. That's going to be the next thing that we work on. <clears throat> What is your podcast going to be called? Well, you know, my nickname is RJ. Mm-hmm. My name is Roger. So, uh, thinking about rolling with Raj. I love it. Rolling with Roger. I love it. Uh, and so that's that's the name that I'm thinking about at this point. Okay. Ro- rolling with Roger. So. So I will be sure to make the announcement when he launches his podcast, Rolling with Roger. Um, yeah, I'll make sure that I share that on this, um, on one of the episodes so that that way y'all will know how to listen to all of his work, 
all of his skits, all this good stuff, all these great talents. And um, so this is called Dear Future Hubby Podcast. So on this podcast, um, I am on a journey. So I have various people that are, I have various people that come on the podcast that allow the world to see me from their perspective. So in the time that you have known Teresa Reese, what would you tell the people about me? That you're passionate, compassionate, you love helping people, you love your kids, um, you love to cook. Oh, talk about the cooking for a moment. (laughs) You cook some fish for me, some some salmon. Yes. And I had salad and a a potato, baked potato. I mean, it was so good. I ate it so fast. I didn't realize I was done. It's like, Teresa, where did you eat the rest of it? <laughs> no, Roger, you just finished. Okay. <laughs> so it was that good. I ate that fast. Thank so I you. I it down. But, uh, and you love to laugh. You got a beautiful smile. Thank and, you. And uh, just a beautiful presence about yourself. You Thank can tell you. You're a God-fearing woman. And, uh, just just overall, just a good woman. A good Thank spirit. you. Thank you. You know, so it's it's been a it's been a pleasure. I know, right? <laughs> being able to uh, make you laugh, and my mom used to tell me if you can find a lady that you can make her laugh, to you you landed a, a, a good thing. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm happy that you know uh, that you laugh at some of the stuff that doesn't really sound funny to me, but I you know it's hilarious. So that's the thing. We are our we are our bi- thank you for the compliments, by the way, but. We are our biggest critics. So a lot of things that you say are absolutely hilarious. That's the reason why I laugh, because I love I love comedy. That's one of the things that it was one of my hidden things. I don't know if I. Yeah, because we shared we talked about that. We talked about that like on a while back. But how a lot of the comedians have my book. And so you were like, oh, that's our that's like that is so ironic. But that's because I love comedy. So to me, it kind of goes hand in hand because that's something that I love to do. But at the same time, I'm constantly surrounding myself around some something that's going to make me laugh. Because I feel like there's enough pressure in the world. And because of all that I've been through, it would be easier for me to like sway toward depression than it would for me to sway toward joy. So, but what I try to do is silence the enemy and then I sway more toward joy. So to me, comedy makes me laugh. You know, it brings joy, all that good stuff. So, yeah, you're funny. Even though you think you're not, you know you're funny. Yeah. You wouldn't even be considered a comedian if you weren't funny. Yeah, yeah. amateur. Yeah. yeah, I call myself amateur yeah. in a lot of ways. Amateur. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of the professionals are like, bro, what are you thinking about doing again? You need to go write some of your material. But guess what? You got to be you and you have to be your authentic self. So that's one of the things that I try to like, I try to push on my podcast is to be who God called you to be because there's only one you like nobody can. You can't you can't duplicate David Chappelle, Dave Chappelle. You can't duplicate Kevin Hart. But if you are RJ, if you are yourself unapologetically people, you have your own audience that you're going to automatically, they're going to be drawn to you. 
automatically and it's because you're you you know it doesn't have anything to do with these people have their own set of crowds their own audience but when it comes to when you are putting yourself on display there are people that are going to gravitate toward you first of all because you're being your authentic self second of all because you're not trying to duplicate someone else and because you're not trying to duplicate someone else they're going to look at you and be like you know what the fact that he is able to hone in on his gift and talent there's going to be some people that are going to, want to be just like you they're going to be some people that are going to be inspired by you you know um, and motivated by what you do and what it boils down to is that where we're hearing people say that they you know oh i want to be gifted and talented like that person no be gifted and talented like who you are that's what's going to draw the people to you if you build it it will they will come you know so it's just like i see the gift in you i know that you know the talent in you i know that it's there i know that it's been set aside for a season but i believe that god is reorchestrating some things so that you can begin to hone in and pick your dream back up and not defer it any longer. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Okay, so do you have any words for the audience before we say, um, say la vie? <laughs> Live your dreams. Live them. Pursue them. Don't let nobody deter you from doing them. And if somebody does deter you, just push past the noise because that's all it is. And do it. You know, I, I woke up before I met... Uh, Teresa, I woke up and I saw this big old uh, cockroach. <laughs> How you looking. gonna put the correlation between Teresa I, and yeah, a cockroach? I, I'm what? This, I, I'm sorry. I'm looking at this roach, and it, it is almost like it was like a Jedi, like uh-huh. uh, like uh, Yoda. Uh huh. I like need to hear the rest of the like story. The, it was like the roach was looking back at me, saying, mm. "You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Just believe." <laughs> <laughs> Believe in yourself. <laughs> Get your pen. You know you want to pick it up. Pick it up. You always have your books near your bed. Pick up your pen and start writing your joke. <laughs> and I'm just looking at this roach. I'm like, oh my God, is he speaking to me for real? And of course, I just had a couple of wine coolers. Oh so Lord. I, I know. I know the wine coolers were talking, but that uh-huh. roach was talking too. And he just it's almost like he looked back and said, You can do it. You can kill me is what he was probably yeah, thinking. Yeah, like, you go like, do that. But too. he was trying to encourage me too at the same time. Don't kill me, but let me walk out of here. <laughs> so he, he just went on. Oh, And my I just goodness. let him go on. Like, okay, oh, Lord. I'll kill him later. But thank you for the encouraging words. <laughs> Instead of a rock, God will make a rock cry out. He going to make a cockroach cry. He going to make a cockroach. So where did Teresa come in after well, this? You going to... So after that, I met you on, oh, on, Lord on, Jesus. A, on, a, on an app, dating app. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's how that happened. Hilarious. So, oh, anyway. my God. So I'm, I'm debating with the name Rolling with Raj or Rolling with Roger. I think it should be Laugh It Up Roger. with Roger. So, it, know, or yeah, or laugh yeah, it up. Either way it goes, I need you to yeah. be your authentic self. Yeah. I believe the world needs you to be your authentic self. I believe God wants you to be your authentic self. Yeah. And everything else is going to follow. Yeah, I think he, yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, he's spoken to me too. Yeah. Yeah, he's spoken to me too. Roger. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> it's time to share the word of God. Through your comedy, Roger. I'm like, is it a ghost in here? No. No. No, Roger. I'm talking to you from the 
from the depths from of the heaven. <laughs> from the depths of heaven, Roger, I'm talking Lord. to you now. You must get out on your on your dreams of being a comedian and touch the world. You must do it oh, as goodness. I fade out, Roger. <laughs> know that you are somebody, Roger. As Mr. Les Brown used to say oh, and says today, oh. it's possible, Roger. Oh, my goodness gracious. Good night. You ain't got no sis. You ain't got no that was, sis. That was God talking to okay. me. Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. I oh, thought, my I thought my house He said, was, as I, I fade I, out. I, yeah, I thought my house was Oh, haunted. Lord have like, mercy. Lord, get out. I'm <laughs> <laughs> telling the ghost to get out. It was Jesus. <coughs> you are hilarious. You mm-hmm. are absolutely hilarious. Remove yourself. No, Roger, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in heaven. I can't. I can't. You said no, Roger, I, I can't. I can't. Oh, I can't Lord. Remove I'm looking at what you're doing right now, Rog. <laughs> Leave the point alone. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Some yeah. of y'all gonna catch yeah. that later. Yeah. Some of y'all gonna catch that yeah. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well... <laughs> So, on that note, <laughs> I hope some folks got some type of laugh <laughs> Some of y'all are going to catch that yeah. message later. Yeah. Leave it alone. Whatever the proclivity is that's keeping you from honing in on your blessings, leave it alone. Or them alone. Or them alone. Yeah. That was a side message. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and conclude this episode. I want to take a moment to just thank you, Mr. RJ, for showing up, being your authentic self, sharing your your true journey. And um, we already know that God has the final say. We also know that you are already a winner in him. And so um, you're a mirror image of your creator. So nothing is impossible for you. So I just want to encourage you as well as the audience we're going to go ahead and say good night. However, do me a huge favor. Please take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa and my guest, Mr. RJ. Peace. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Have a blessed one.